we all get stuck in what we should do or what we should have done. The word should can inspire us and it can inhibit us. It can get us moving and it can hold us back. Why is it so hard to move past complacency and get inspired to build the fulfilling future that we want? You are listening to Should Theory. Let's talk it out. Stories, interviews, and more to inform and inspire you towards building the future that you want. Get motivated, figure out how you want to shift, and then get your shift together. I'm Tara Grebe. Let's do this with the Should Theory. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Should Theory. I'm so glad that you've joined us again for more stories of shifts and forging your own path and success in life. I have Natalie Banks with me today. She is one cool lady, so exciting. I love her stories and so many different opportunities that she can talk about with us today. Natalie, how are you? I'm really good. How are you, Tara? Very good. Very good. Would you be so kind as to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? You bet. I am someone who's really passionate about health and spending time with friends. I also happen to be an executive coach. I left a very lucrative job in the spirits and liquor industry years ago to start that. And I also am someone who deals with a lot of health issues. I uh, have multiple sclerosis in addition to just found, just started dealing with cancer last year. I have Hashimoto's ADD. um, And so I'm someone who's passionate about managing that. Yeah. I, I love um, how you introduced yourself because most people will say, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a blah, blah, blah. And instead you start, you led with your interests. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's something that um, I try to do more often nowadays because we identify ourselves by what we do for a living, right? It becomes part of who we are. But to say, you know, I used to travel the world to teach people about bourbon or tequila, and then it becomes your identity. And I noticed when I left um, corporate America that people's interest in what I did took a big dip when I mm-hmm. went from, oh, I party for a living to, oh, I'm an executive coach. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that I don't necessarily have practiced perfectly, but it's something that I do try to do. I love it. And, you know, um, I think it's interesting because there are so many people that identify as what their job is and have a struggle making that change because it is, in fact, their identity, whether it is a career change to something different like you did or retirement age comes along and they just can't do it. They can't bring themselves to retire because if I retire from being a doctor or from being a lawyer, what will I be? Um, And so I love that you introduce your, your interests and your, uh, who you are as a person before who you are as a professional. Um, that's really just very profound. So tell us a little bit about that transition that you made or, or what you would like to tell us about with regard to knowing that there was something else out there for you and why you needed to make a shift. I was probably, I don't know, 40, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is about six, seven years ago. And I was traveling 42 weeks a year 
covering North America in, you know, three states in a week and working all the time and loving it because it was a really great job. I mean, I, it was a fabulous job, fabulous company. I had a really amazing work family. And I also noticed that in addition to traveling that much, I would have to come home and I'd collapse for about 24 hours, just sleeping because my body could not keep up Mm -hmm. with the travel schedule. And little did I know it's because I had so many things that was going on with me at the time, but it started to kind of, you know, chirp in the back of my head. Something's not right. Something's going on. And then my boss, who was also my really close friend and mentor died suddenly. Mm-hmm. And she was only 58 at the time. And it was a really big shock to me. And it happened to be at a time that was, she died about three days before the 30th anniversary of my sister's death. Mm-hmm. So it kind of reignited like both griefs at the right. same time. Right. And for anybody who's ever experienced grief before, you'll understand how that one experience can sometimes reignite the other one. Absolutely. So as someone who has ADD, like I do, I decided, yeah, I decided I was going to take a giant jump. I'm like, fine, I'm done with this job. I'm going to start my own business and coaching. And then I'll figure out what's going to happen because I might not necessarily be like a lot of your um, guests, I jump first and then I figure stuff out later. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think a lot so of people that's what get I did. scared. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people get scared to jump. They analyze the jump. What happens if I jump? I'd better not jump. Jumping is not even a word I'm going to say anymore. I'm just going to stay put. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of my listeners do. And I think uh, some of my guests certainly do at some point. Ultimately, though, they have all made the jump, which is why I have talked to them. So you made the jump and then you thought about it afterwards. So was there that, oh crap, what did I just do? Or, or what um, moments did you have after you made that jump that maybe made you rethink oh, sure. it or whatnot? Oh yeah, I absolutely did. Oh crap, what did I just do? <laughs> um, but I also am the kind of person who I really believe in, in my ability to survive and I think that that the people that I've met in my life who have experienced maybe trauma or have experienced anything, any kind of setback mm-hmm. and have come out on the other side, maybe I think there's a little bit more vulnerability in admitting that I'm probably going to fail at this, but I'm still going to figure out a way to make it succeed. And I think of it this way. I have survived 100% of the days that I've lived and I'm going to survive this too. Mm-hmm. So I jumped knowing I probably would make a ton of mistakes, knowing I probably would fail a little, a little bit here and a little bit there, but right. also knowing that I'd figure a way out. So I jumped and I figured a way out <laughs> and it wasn't perfect. And my line was not a straight line of progression and it was ups and downs and I'm still figuring it out. Mm-hmm but I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't change it. So I would yeah. I guess this question is, and, and I'm, I'm anticipating what your answer is going to be, but my question is, where did you find the courage to wing it? Meaning how did you not fear that jump first, ask question second? 
That's a really great question. <laughs> and I think a lot of it has to do with confidence in yourself, right? And mm-hmm. confidence is a muscle. You it's are true. not born with it. You develop it. And if you ask me to jump out of an airplane, no, that's not going to happen. That's something I'm terrified of. Sure. But if you ask me to jump out of my job and start something new, um, I have done that before and I've landed on my feet. So mm-hmm. it comes from experience of knowing that I can survive. I love that. And it comes from, yeah, yeah, it, it comes, it just comes from knowing I'm going to survive. We have survived a hundred percent of the days that we've lived. Every single person listening to this podcast, That's right. you've survived a hundred percent of the days that you've lived so far. Yeah. Yep. And chances are, I mean, yes, we're not promised tomorrow, but chances are you're going to survive this too. Absolutely. And you're going to figure it out. And so maybe it just comes from the confidence that I have built over time, you know, and I think knowing, and also I think another thing too. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think it's your perspective, right? Your perspective is so healthy on it. You know, I I've survived all of the things I've done so far. I will survive this too. I'll figure out a way to do it. That's such a healthy way to look at it. I'm interrupting this awesome episode because I have to bring out something that I think we've all felt that I have felt And it's that gut feeling that something in your life is missing, that there's got to be something else out there for you. And guess what? It is so hard to ignore. We tell ourselves, I shouldn't shift. I should be happy with what I have. And generally, there are signs showing us that a major change is needed in our life. But we talk ourselves into ignoring them. Here's the thing. Those feelings are going to keep showing up over and over in different ways until you get the guts to pay attention to them and decide to make a shift. And once you make that decision, people need support to shift. They need confidence. They need clarity. I did. And I would love to support you so that you can do the same. Right now, I have two amazing options of Get Your Shift Together to help you get the confidence the clarity and the direction that you need to make that shift in your life that your gut is telling you it's time to make. And if you want to know more about them, you have to go to terragreeve.com or message me on the Should Theory with Tara Grieve Facebook page and we will get you moving to the shift that you know it's time for you to make. Yeah. And I also, I think too, that there has to be a little bit of forgiveness involved in it as well too. Mm-hmm. understanding I'm not going to be perfect at this, right? I'm going to start this out in a really awkward place and I'm, I'm going to stumble and I'm going to fall and understanding that giving yourself permission to know that nothing, it's not going to be 100% perfect, but having the confidence in yourself to know that you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I've said it a million times on this podcast and I'll say it probably a million times more, more messy is better than not done at all. You know, we, we strive so much for perfection yeah. and we worry so much about, well, I don't want to do this until I'm ready, till it's ready, till I have enough money to do it. What is that number? What is that criteria? It doesn't exist. It exists in our own mind, you know, and, and you are more critical and judgmental of the things you do than the people out in the world are anyway. So you could put something out that you think is terrible 
And others are going to be like, gosh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. And you're going, are you kidding? That was crap. I can do so much better than that, you know? And, and it's just getting over yourself, you know, and, and allowing yourself to put it out there rather than not at all. I think that is a huge, uh, a huge bit of understanding. And like you said, permission to give ourselves. So talk a little bit about this transition, this journey that you made, you gave yourself permission, you made the shift, you know, you're going to figure it out. So talk a little bit about the actual figuring out and, and making your evolution to where you are now. Figuring it out. Oh, well, that's I'm still in process. I'm trying to figure it out. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? That's not something. So I left my job and I can remember people talking to me about, wow, this is so scary for you. And I remember almost on repeat over and over again saying, yeah, it's really exciting. I'm probably going to trip and fall, but I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I came from a mindset of abundance. And I think I heard this somewhere at a conference where, you know, we have two mindset, abundance mindset, and you've got the scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of came at this of, I have established a really good network. I know that I have the abilities that I'm putting out there that people will, I know there's somebody out there that I can help. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just came at it from, I can make this work. And the thing that's really interesting is that the moment that I made the decision, phone calls started coming in. And so I, I was able to just immediately jump into what it is, tell people, sure, yeah, I can do this. And so maybe I, I, I definitely put the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. I told people yes. And then I figured it out later. Mm-hmm. The beauty of reverse engineering, right? I didn't, yeah, I didn't, having the perspective that I know that I'm an expert in what it is that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. then figuring it out and having the faith and the confidence in yourself to know that you're going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say too, that every single person who's listening to this podcast is probably an expert in something. What is it that they say? It takes the average person 10,000 hours to become an expert, which is roughly four years. So if you're, if they found the should theory, if they're listening to it, there's something that they're doing that they're good at, that Mm -hmm. they can help someone else do, or that they can transition into. Absolutely. We're all there. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we have to move away from the idea that you need a degree, a certification, a certif- a piece of paper that says you are qualified to X, Y, Z. Um, you know, there's in, in this day and age, there are so many things that we can offer to other people as a service, uh, as assistance and, and help them with in ways that are so different than traditional careers and ways to earn a living, which is another hurdle that I think people certainly in our, you and I are the same age. So I think, you know, something in that, in our age group, what makes a career is, is very different in our brains, you know, than what somebody that's 25 might be thinking of, or even 18, um, you know, they see things as possibilities where we go, wait, what you can do what and make money. You can do what? And, you know, make a career out of that. It's crazy. So there's that learning curve too. It's never too late for sure. Tell us a little bit about what you built. So you had the, you gave yourself the permission, the flexibility. I love the idea of saying yes first and then reverse engineering and building it second. Tell us a bit about what you've built. Um, 
I've built a life that I love <laughs> and that's what I wanted to do. And we, when I first started off, my partner had just quit his corporate job as well too. So that mm-hmm. was good timing, right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we, we really wanted both of us. Yeah, I know it's crazy. So we really wanted to build a life where we could travel and I could work from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that was initially our goal. Our goal has changed somewhat since, you know, health has kind of messed mm-hmm. things up and pandemic and everything. Yep. But we really wanted to build a life that we could travel. So we downsized our home. We moved. We, I think we got rid of like 63% of our square footage. We moved from like 2,200 square foot home to about 698 square feet. Wow. We, um, he transitioned to a job that he enjoys. Um, I transitioned to a job that I enjoyed. I was able to start, you know, choosing where I travel to, what online stuff I do. The pandemic has actually been quite helpful for me to transition some of my corporate clients to Mm -hmm. online instead of having me fly in. Right. But I've been able to just build a life that I love. That's awesome. And that's the most important thing for me. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I I said that about, um, a lot of, of, the entities in the world of business and professionalism, um, you know, obviously I'm speaking from the place of education, but never before, and this is true in education. And I think it's true a lot in the corporate culture that you're experienced with. um, There's never been a time where you could say to your organization, Hey, we're going to implement virtual meetings using technology to do pretty much everything that we do and working remotely. We're going to implement it over the next three months and do it with fidelity. And we're going to make that transition right now. If you said that at any other time to your organization, they would have looked at you like you were crazy. You would have had a coup. Somebody would have taken you out of your position because clearly you'd lost your marbles. I don't think there will ever be another time again where, um, for, for fiscal survival and otherwise people had to do, do something new, learn something new and learn it with fidelity in a way such that they could pick up and continue their operations, um, at the, at the drop of a hat, like they did. And so it really opened up, uh, while it closed things down, it also really opened up so many avenues of opportunity and ways that people can reach each other. So I really love that. Yeah. Got things flowing in, in patterns and ways that would have taken a decade to, to make that shift had there not been the pandemic. Yes. And it's so interesting because I had been working on some of my corporate clients for years saying, there's this option. We could try to do some training online. We could do this. And every time it was no, no, no. And immediately, as soon as the pandemic happened, I got, I mean, I had, I I did have my share of business lost, but I did have companies go, we don't know how to do this online. Help us, help us figure this out. Yeah. And the shift became pretty quick when we are forced to do it. We can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I think that's true of a lot of things, you know, so many of us, um, so many of us will have these ideas 
about uh, something that we would do if we could, or man, I bet if I was ever given the opportunity, I could blah, blah, blah. And we sit on it, we ruminate over it, but we convince ourselves why we shouldn't do it. And then some sort of a thing happens that forces your hand, right? Maybe you get fired, you get laid off or, um, you know, I always like to use the example of, you know, I I was a brand new leader, brand new to my school district when we had a a hostage situation with an armed gunman. I had only been there five months and yet now I was in charge of this situation and figuring out how to deal with it. You rise to the occasion when it is forced upon you. And like you just said, when we're forced to do something, we figure out that we can do it. Yeah. And it even happened to me with health. So thing, I figured out that I could handle my ADD with food, my ADD symptoms with food. If only I would give up gluten, dairy, and sugar. Mm. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. And I fought it for years. I fought it for a good decade. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I finally tried it, you know, but I complained. I complained for like another six years. I'd be good for six months and then it'd be bad for six months. And it wasn't until I lost my ability to walk in 2019, Mm -hmm. my whole left side of my body stopped working um, that I was basically forced to acknowledge I have multiple sclerosis and now I need to do something. And it's probably been caused by food. So I forced myself to make these food adjustments and it has been revelatory for my body, wow. but I couldn't do it until I was forced. And it exactly. took me like a good 15, 20 years to figure it out. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so yeah, we, we rise to the occasion when we have to, and wouldn't it be great if we could wake ourselves up enough to rise to the occasion when we're inspired to, instead of when we have to, we'd be so much happier, so much faster. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. But just because we know better doesn't mean we do better. That is true. That is true. Can you tell uh, the folks who are listening if they feel they are in need of an executive coach or all the things that you offer where they can find you? Sure. Um, So you could find me on nataliebankscoaching.com. And I, right now, my Main focus actually is presentation skills because that's something that I have a lot of the background and training in, but I also do quite a bit of health coaching for people who are looking to quit sugar or people who are looking to make a transition now that they've been diagnosed with more Mm -hmm. than one disease. So I help people with that as well. Um, If you're looking to improve your communication skills, that's something that I work with as well. I just finished working with a client who was struggling because he couldn't get promoted and he really wanted to improve skills needed to help him get promoted. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that I specialize in. And yes, you can find me with at nataliebankscoaching.com. I'm on Instagram at MS Natalie Banks or Ms. Natalie Banks. Mm -hmm. And I just barely started a page account. So I'm going to see how that goes. Like what is this month? August, 2020. Right. You know what I really love about all of that is that, um, you know, we were talking about your executive coaching and, and your health, but you really described multiple things that you do 
that make up who you are. And I think that's important for the listeners to hear too, which is, you know, it's not just, I was in the liquor business and now I'm an executive coach. I was in the liquor business and I'm an executive coach now and I help people with health and I help people with public speaking and, and, and it doesn't have to be, or, and that is so important that people take away from your story is that we can have so many layers of, and, and it just makes us more interesting and more versatile so that, you know, if she, if, if Natalie has made this choice to move away from, you know, the liquor job, the liquor business that was so solid and lucrative, and I'm an executive coach now, great. And I help people with health things. Well, what if the executive coaching dries up? Guess what? You're still helping people with their health. You're still helping people with the public speaking. And that's the part of the variety that I think people need to wrap their brains around, um, you know, so that they can feel a little bit more comfortable making a leap. That's a really great point because you're right. A lot of people think you just have to focus on one, focus on one, focus on one. Um, But I'm really good at both of them. So why not focus on them both for right now? Yeah. I always use Bill Soroka's word that he said to me, multi-potentialite. And there's nothing wrong with being a multi-potentialite because then you have potential to earn money and support yourself in a variety of ways and share your talents in a variety of ways because very few of us have only one talent or skill. Let's be real. So I I love love that multi-potentialite. I'm stealing that. It is such a good (laughs) word. I give him credit every time I say it, but I love it. Really good. Um, So I would love to throw my questions at you that I throw at everyone at the end if you're ready for them. Sure. All right. So the first one is what are the negative shoulds that still buzz in your ears and hold you back every now and then? Um, that's a great question. I right now, the big should in my head is I should walk more. I should exercise more mm. because the heat outside for me is just killing me and it's daunting. And there are times where I, struggle with dizziness and with mobility. And so I race between listening to my body and what it needs and what the other side of what my body needs, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Do do I focus on the rest or do I focus on the walk? Right. So that's one. Um, And then there's always the big um, goal achiever. And I because my mom is so into achieving goals, I chose to kind of go the other direction and be happy with life as it is. Okay. But every once in a while, I still get that chirping in the back of my head of you should be doing this for your business, or you should be achieving this goal or this goal. Right. Um, and those sometimes hold me back. But then I think about, um, I don't know if you're familiar with BJ Fogg, F-O-G-G. No. no. He's a really great author that talks about, um, he talks about how we, sometimes we, we reach too high with our goals. So Mm -hmm. for instance, let's say that you set a goal to work out for 30 minutes every single day, Mm -hmm. you might really achieve a great workout on day one, but let's say day two happens. And maybe, you know, you had to stay up all night long with your kid, or you just were not able to get to work out. Right. That goal that you've set for 30 minutes every day is actually going to depress you. And by the fourth or fifth or sixth day, you're no longer working out. Right. So BJ Fogg suggests rather than set the, the goal of working out for 30 minutes every day, maybe just set a goal for putting on your athletic shoes. Right. And everything that comes above that is going to be gravy. I love that. 
And so that's, I, I remind myself that of, I work better with smaller goals that I can chip away at and actually mm-hmm. succeed and help to Im- improve my confidence than the big giant goals. So that's how I kind of combat those two shoulds. Absolutely. And so then of course, cause we like to chase the negative with a positive. What is the positive should that keeps you motivated? My positive should is that I should always listen to my gut. Yes. Because again, kind of going back to what we've talked about, I've survived 100% of the days that I've lived. And it's taken me my entire life to get to where I am today. And I've done pretty good for myself so far. Mm -hmm. So I am a big believer in my gut wisdom. I love that. Um, What advice would you give to Natalie, the liquor sales expert? You know, every time I, I hear this one a lot and what would advice would you give to someone in your twenties? What advice would you yeah. give to this, to the yesterday version of you? Mm-hmm. And I, this is my answer that I say every single time, Ready. buy Google and Amazon stock. You'll <laughs> figure the rest of it out. Oh my God. I love that. Because <laughs> I would never, I would never want to deny myself the opportunity to learn and to grow from something. And if I went back and gave myself some sort of advice, there might be some sort of wisdom that I lose along the way. And I would never want to deny myself that because I've gained a lot from all of the worst bad things that have happened, right? Sometimes our worst stories become our greatest teachers. Yes. And I don't want to deny myself that. So buy stock, you'll figure it out. I love it. I love it. I, uh, I say all the time, you know, moving through the pandemic as a leader, last year was trying, it's continuing to be trying. And I have said time and time again, my weakest moments last year really ended up being my strongest because those are the moments where you really have to be willing to drop back and punt. And that's exactly what you're saying here. You know, you've gained wisdom from your mistakes. So don't deprive yourself of those experiences or else the you you'd be now would be totally different. Um, What overall is the best advice that you've ever gotten that you still rely on now? Yeah. I, three of them come to my mind. I know this sounds, so I'll make them quick. All right. I'm a big fan of the four agreements, that mm-hmm. book. Yep. Um, it's by Don Miguel Ruiz, R-U-I-Z. Yep. Yep. I read it in my twenties and it gave me the tools that I could use to change my life. So the, the, the agreements are always be impeccable with your word. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Right. That one always sticks out, but there's, there's two sentences. There's two or like pieces of advice that I heard at a conference that I pass on to people at any time that I think are really, really great for people who are looking to make a shift in their life. Okay. And number one is this question. What would you do if you were the bravest version of yourself? Mm. What would you do if you were the bravest version of yourself? I love that. And then this, yeah, I love that one too. I've, I've gotten a lot of clients have made big transitions, just listening to that. And then the second question that I ask some of my clients who are looking to make a transition is this, imagine that it's a year from now, just a year from today, right now, you're sitting in your same office one year from today and nothing in your life has changed. Mm. How would you feel? Wow. And it's a really great question to kind of sit and understand, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, with that answer, mm-hmm. 
then maybe it's time for you to consider a shift. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, because I think we're so afraid of what if, what if, what if, and our what ifs are looking forward. What if I fail? What if this doesn't work? What if I wish I didn't make this change? And we don't often look backwards like that and say, what if a year from now, nothing has changed? You know, what if I make these changes and it's yeah. Yeah. So that is great. Well, you, I, you know, because yeah. I know you listen to my show, you know that I like to wrap up and share the gems of wisdom uh, that have been said while you and I have been talking. And so um, we are with, with no lack of gems of wisdom today, Natalie, you've shared some amazing things. So I want to go through, um, I want to go through some of the interesting things that you said while we were talking. I think one that will stick out to people who are just starting out and in that position of worrying of what others will think is where you talked about um, watching people's enthusiasm drop when your job title changed and having to, I guess, make your peace with that and be okay with it and realize that their lack of enthusiasm doesn't have to be a reason for you not to make that change. Um, you talked about confidence being a muscle and that you develop it and that it comes from experience of knowing that you will survive whatever comes your way. Um, and I think people feel like confidence, you either have it or you don't, but I agree with you hundred percent. It is something that we can work on and build over time. You talked about having forgiveness and giving yourself permission to not be perfect. And I loved this saying yes to opportunity and then creating what you said yes to afterwards. <laughs> so that you were prepared after you accepted that challenge. I think that's something that we all need to do a little bit more frequently. You, when I asked you a question about what did you do and what did you create? You said, I've built a life that I love and that's what matters. It doesn't matter what you do that you could tell me, oh, I'm a monkey psychologist and I am a circus clown on the weekends. It doesn't matter if that's a life that you love then that is the right answer that you gave me. I've built a life that I love and that's what matters. Um, you said when we're forced to do something, that's when we figure out that we can do it. Um, you also said just because we know better doesn't mean we do better. And that's a huge one. Um, your positive should that motivates you is that you should always listen to your gut. Your self-advice, which I love. Buy Google and Amazon stock and figure the rest out later because you don't want to skip any of the wisdom that you gain from your mistakes. And my favorite thing that you've said, I have survived 100% of the days I have lived and I will survive this too, whatever this is. Finally, the two best pieces of advice. What would you do if you were the bravest version of yourself? And whatever that answer is, you should go do it. And this one really got me a year from now, if nothing has changed, how will you feel? I, um, transparency, you know, Natalie, you and I talked a little bit in the beginning. I still have changes that I need to make. And that last one that you said gets me right in my gut. So that is a strong motivator. And I hope Oof. people take it to heart. I really hope they do. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad I still say it to myself as well, too. You have to, it's a, you know, because it, it, it gets me in the gut too. It's an evolution for sure. And like you said, there's, it's always a work in progress. I don't think we should ever be finished. You know, I don't think we should ever be polished mm -hmm. and done. The, the educational term is, Oh, I'm a lifelong learner. And it sounds a little kitschy and woo woo, but really it's, it's never being finished. You know, you're always changing and always growing. Yes. Absolutely. So yeah, I've always said there's, I, I've 
Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say that I've always said there's no greater fool than the man who believes he's learned everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, hopefully when I'm done editing this, the listeners won't know all of the technical difficulties we've been having as we've been talking, but there are such amazing content here. This is one that people are going to need to listen to a couple of times because there are so many strong points and aha moments uh, and great takeaways. I just want to remind people that you can work with Natalie in a variety of ways. She is an executive coach. If you're struggling with health issues, as she certainly is struggling with quite a few, and you want to learn how to use food and other things to streamline your health and get yourself to a better place. She can help you with that. If you have public speaking coming up, or if you just want to be more articulate in your communication, she can help you with that too. She is a woman of many talents and many experiences. And I hope that you look her up. Of course, all of her clickable information will be in the show notes and you should go find her there. I have loved having you on the show, Natalie. Thank you. It's been wonderful talking to you. This was great. I feel like I made a new friend today. You absolutely did. You absolutely did. And listen, I hope that if people are listening and they love what they're listening to, that they will uh, click that rating button and give us a positive rating. But more importantly, leave a review so that other people know what it is that you're getting out of this show. I hear so many lovely compliments uh, in person about what people are getting from it, but put it in those reviews so that when people are scrolling through and they see Should Theory, they know that there's something that they're going to get out of it. Leave us a rating, leave us a comment, um, and that would be amazing because it'll help us help more people. So again, make sure you look up Natalie and find her online. Work with her because she is so much fun and really, really talented. And Natalie, I thank you again. I hope you'll come back and talk to us again sometime. 